Have you ever allowed your imagination to run wild about the world of work? To wonder what would happen if we tore up all the rules and started again? Welcome to What If, a podcast from the CIPD's work magazine that dares to ask the previously unthinkable. I'm Katie Jacobs, and in the latest of our series, we're asking, what if a company was run by AI? It's no secret artificial intelligence is making steady inroads into business and working lives, coming for the white-collar jobs as well as the blue. AI can now make medical diagnoses, give legal advice, and, rather disconcertingly for this journalist, write creative as well as news articles. But could it ever take the top job? Could algorithms ever become so sophisticated and know so much they could make the big decisions on an organisation's future direction? To help unpack this, I talked to Deloitte's digital ethics lead, Hilary Richters, who has 14 years' experience of large data-driven regulatory and compliance projects and regulatory transformation projects within the financial sector. I also talked to author, technologist and speaker David Weinberger, who trained as a philosopher and explores the concepts of the internet and AI on knowledge, how we organise our ideas and on the core concepts by which we think about our world. The first thing we need to get straight is what exactly we mean by AI. While machine learning might be perfectly capable of scanning documents and driving cars, artificial general intelligence, something more akin to and with the potential to supersede human intelligence, will be much trickier to receive in reality, as Hillary and David explain. Hillary first. There are different ways to describe AI and its capabilities. AGI, artificial general intelligence, a system that can handle a wide range of tasks similar to a human, including the ability to generalize knowledge between various domains, take knowledge from one area and apply it somewhere else, make future plans based on previous knowledge and experience, and adapt to change that occur in the environment. We also talk about strong AI, which can be regarded as having the same capabilities as AGI, with the addition of expressing creativity, emotions, and having emotional IQ, creating a level of sensitiveness or conscience. And then the third one, we have super intelligence, an intellect that is much smarter than the best human brains in practically every field, including science, creativity, general wisdom, and social skills. Looking at these three definitions, I don't think that many businesses are using any of these AI types, except for big tech companies. They are investing a lot of time and money in the development of these type of AI. The driving forces behind the integration of AI in business is the same as what fuels innovation of AI in general. People have a certain curiosity towards progress and they want to improve themselves and their surroundings. This results in innovation. So currently AI is one of the main focal points of innovation because it can improve businesses in many ways. For example, AI can assist businesses in achieving many of their objectives, helping them attract the right talent or increase customer engagement. Also with regards to internal processes, it can allow for standardization or improve efficiency resulting in cost reduction or profit, all of which help the business to grow. So claims have been made for API for a very long time. I think many people would mark a beginning of the current um, realization of AI uh, from about 10 years ago or so when machine learning started to really prove its worth. This is a very, very young technology. 
and it's a it's not only very young it is such a different type of technology that being 10 years old makes it less mature than a 10 year old child uh, it's really right at the beginning it, 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 we don't know what its potential is. We we know many of its risks. We don't know all of its risks, but we're not, nowhere near understanding what its potential is. It, it is literally every week that some new power of it is developed, and in some cases, quite revolutionary. There was news about machine learning coming up with mathematical patterns that humans had never noticed and might never have noticed, spurring new rounds of human mathematical inquiry. And there are going to be many, many more surprises. This is genuinely new technology. So the potential could be greater than we can even comprehend. Begging the question, if we achieve genuine artificial intelligence to the point where the software is thinking and decision-making just like or better than a person, will the software require the same kind of employment rights as humans? David thinks not. Machine learning is not conscious. I think there are reasons I think it never can be conscious. The important part of consciousness in this case, in any case, would be, does it have an interest? Does it care about anything, including itself? At this point, that's not even a question. Machine learning doesn't care if you unplug it. It doesn't care about anything. It's just a machine. And so I don't think it can have rights or we need to worry about hurting its feelings. Even if we get one that will, you know, shed real physical tears because it's been trained to do that, it fundamentally does not care about anything. I mean, a salamander, literally, a salamander cares about much more than the largest machine learning model uh, in the world. There's a very, there's a real line. I don't think it's a crossable line, but I won't be alive when I'm proven wrong. So I'm going to stick with it. Thinking about rights for AI might be a distraction from the more important issues when it comes to putting software in charge of the big decisions. The main stumbling block, David warns, will be telling the AI what parameters it needs to work within, or rather, what constitutes business success. If we don't, or can't, do this well, there's no way we should be dispensing with human CEOs anytime soon. The Swedish philosopher Nick Bostrom in 2003, wrote a piece that's become a touchstone, which uh, in which he imagines a machine learning system. Uh, so this is very early, right? This is before machine learning was, was becoming such a dominant technology. He, he wrote a piece um, imagining that a machine learning system was told, to, was optimized to produce paper clips. Um, and before long, the entire world is turned over into nothing but a paper clip. In fact, the entire universe becomes nothing but a paperclip manufacturing organization because that's what it was told to do. Um, and nobody thought through what the consequences were. And more important, nobody thought about specifying the objectives well enough that it didn't become a ruthless uh, paperclip machine. If you run a business so it does nothing but, let's say, maximize the bottom line, you are likely to be a, a your company's likely to be a monster an earth-destroying monster. It may not be manufacturing paper clips, but it won't care about the welfare of its workers, the welfare of the people, of its people who are buying it, the people downstream from the customers who are going to be affected by this. It will, it will be the worst form of soulless capitalism imaginable because these machines literally, literally don't have a conscience. They do what we tell them. And if we're not careful, they will ruthlessly do what they were asked to do. Imagine an argument among 
uh, employees and the board of director, anybody about what constitutes success for the company. You are going to get very little agreement about that. Uh, most people will say, well, it's got to it's got to make money. Okay, sure, fine. Um, but is that the reason for the existence of the company, the sole reason? Would you be willing to sacrifice the health and safety of your employees for that? No, of course you wouldn't. We have laws against that. Machine learning will do what we tell them, but it turns out specifying and quantifying those values is extraordinarily difficult. We get away with it in the non-machine learning world because we can Nobody forces us to quantify exactly how, what the trade-off should be between worker, this is say satisfaction and profits or worker satisfaction and quality of goods. We make those ad hoc decisions. We've never been forced to specify, okay, let's make a list, specify exactly what the trade-offs are. One of the lessons in machine learning is that Basically, everything is trade-offs. And we sort of know that if you ask somebody, but it really brings home the fact that almost everything that we do, every decision we make has a cost. And generally, we don't have to specify those costs to the you know third decimal place, but with machine learning, you pretty much do. And we are not well equipped as human beings to think about fairness and ethics in terms of three decimal places of precision in the trade-offs we're willing to make. Some sobering food for thought there, not least the perhaps not totally outlandish prospect of destroying the planet in our quest for profit. Hillary, conjuring slightly less terrifying imagery, agrees the minutiae of good leadership may be impossible to ever fully replicate with technology. After all, being a CEO is about much more than data and what you know. So if we look at what the business leader do, that task is also to react to unforeseen circumstances and incorporate those into the decision-making process. Sometimes a business leader make decisions on gut feeling rather than extensive amounts of data. Leaders sometimes take risk when the outcomes are unclear. Um, and will AI be then able to approach leadership in the same way? So business leader may also provide other capabilities such as sincerity, interpersonal sensitivity, and the ability to take responsibility if things do not work out as planned. That is really more than only data and knowledge. So if we take knowing or knowledge to simply mean the possession of information and the ability to assess and recite it on command, I would say there are already algorithms that know much more than the average CEO. And let's imagine an algorithm that probably already exists that can scrape all of the information from every Wikipedia page. I would say that algorithms knows more than most people, if not everyone. And again, a CEO is more than the knowledge they pass eh? and the knowledge that they utilize is not purely their own. The CEO is the public face of the company. Internally, they are the mentor, organizer and strategist. The CEO is not only the person that contributes to the success of the company. He, she is dependent on the team that surrounds him, her and the specialist knowledge they can provide him, her with. All of this is combined with an institution that has been fine-tuned by years of practical experience in businesses. So I think we are already experienced that AI 
knows more than a CEO. It knows more, more than you and I. That doesn't mean, however, that these AIs are better than CEOs at running a business. Leadership is more than knowledge. It doesn't matter how much knowledge an AI has if it doesn't have any other quality. A purely AI-driven robot CEO may be more provocation than possibility. But what about other leadership and management positions? The issue here, David explains, is that an algorithm might be incredible, infallible in fact, at deciding who should be promoted or whose performance is falling short. But how to prove that infallibility if AI reaches a state of sophistication beyond human comprehension? We are very, very far from the point where a machine learning system would, should, or could replace a human manager entirely. It certainly can be used to optimize performance of employees. And we see that in places where algorithms are directing humans as in the the gig economy, uh, drivers, and uh, in warehouses of ill repute like Amazon's. Um, There, the issue, I think, is very much the same as the argument against Taylorism, in which the only metric is the efficiency of the system um, that leaves human needs out of it and is inhuman and immoral. And we don't want that from a human, from a machine learning system or a human that's using machine learning system in order to optimize. It's a very bad step backwards to the days of white men and lab coats with with stopwatches and clipboards. Um, It's not impossible for me to imagine a future in which humans are still managing, but they are relying more and more upon machine learning assessments of of performance for hiring and advancement. Right now, that sounds like a nightmare, and I would not like it, especially if I objected to the assessment and was told, sorry, I cannot explain, especially a boss who said, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought you're doing a great job, but the AI, I mean, it's pretty good. And it says, no, you're better off in your current position than getting advanced. I would really want to know why. And if it's inexplicable machine learning system, black box, I would not be happy about that. And it's one of the arguments against using machine learning for very consequential decisions where justice or fairness is part of the requirement. For example, in sentencing, um, machine learning system could be right in treating two people differently, but if it can't explain why, then this it's supposed to be a system of justice. And so it, it seems to me we're very, very far, I hope, for, for well, it's already being adopted, so I can't say that. <laughs> so there might be some set of stages where managers rely more upon machine learning assessments. Um, but at the moment, I, I wasn't worried about that until you mentioned it. So thanks very much. So where are we actually at with AI's capabilities currently? Will it ever be ready to take the helm of a company or to usurp the role of a line manager? Have we thought enough about how to oversee these technologies and mitigate the negative unintended consequences? And whose job is it anyway? Over to Hillary. So we can see these topics resonating across all industries, not so much in terms of the rights of AI, as we are still very unsure if this will ever be warranted, but more with regards to the effect it is having on the dynamics and functions within industries. So the development of AI and the expansion of its capabilities alters the responsibility and accountability assigned to the human as we see their function adapt to technology. So for example, if we take the military, the increased capability of autonomous weapons has huge ethical consequences as it is twist the laws of combat. Soldiers are no longer in combat range or 
on the ground. They are in office suits in their native countries, releasing drones in another part of the world directed by AI surveillance technologies. And this is if the humans are necessary at all as completely autonomous drones have entered the battlefields. So this changes the action roles of the soldiers, their physical relation to their work and the way it's conducted. So this adds a whole host of new ethical dilemmas like what is morally permissible if self-defense on the battlefield cannot be compared to life or death decisions being made behind the desk in the peaceful nation. So currently there is no regulations. Um, there are actions being taken toward it, but it needs to go faster because technology goes so fast. So currently we see, for example, here in Europe, that the European Commission is picking it up. They, they created the Trustworthy AI Act, which divides AI solutions into risk categories. For example, high risk when you talk about marketing, HR, fraud, health, because it has a huge impact on humans and their freedoms. But of course, every regulation, so also this one comes with controversial views over its clarity of definitions and potentials for loopholes, as well as the additional compliance costs for companies. And that makes it a little bit difficult for companies to really embrace it and do something about it. But as always, there is more that can be done. And each business needs to put in effect its own oversight and governance mechanism as regulations move too slow to cover the rapid advantage of AI in business. Companies don't need to wait for regulations to do the right thing. They can already start. There are so many guidance everywhere. And, you can, and if you don't know, you can just ask. So from the perspective of strong AI, the topic of rights for technology is with controversy and can lead us down quite a long philosophical debate. Um, there are strong arguments on both sides, and this can lead to the question of awareness, our ability to know other minds, as well as human nature and the essence and value of our interaction with others. I think the position of Positioning of AI will depend on the capabilities that it will have as it is the case with current workplace hierarchies. Its operational, its operational use within the business may also be a factor. So for example, in healthcare, AI is currently becoming quite a large part of the administrative process, while in the diagnostic use, it is a tool for doctors and in more routine procedures, it can take the place of nurses. Again, I think is that societal acceptance or level of certainty of for the centers of AI at the time will also impact its position and determine its position. And this may also be a cultural question. If we look to countries on the other side of the world where the distinctions between a who or a what is not as defined as it is for us in the West, their adoption of technology, especially robots, is maybe much faster and easier. Strong AI could mean so many things for not only work and business, but also for the world and society as a whole, depending on how it comes into play, the level of its capabilities and the human likeness. And this is also what we have. Yeah, we always talk about the industry and businesses. And that's what I mean when you think from that outside in perspective, it's a broader range what you need to take into account. It is also society as a whole. It could completely change the task that humans are required or able to perform in the workplace. So the task assigned to humans may become more abstract and creative, or we may see results in a universal basic income 
as people may not be required to perform tasks for the economy to function and work maybe become something only for people to do from the perspective of purpose and passion. What if AI enabled us to work only on projects we felt passionate about and gave us purpose? It might sound fanciful, but the technology remains so young and who knows where its future capabilities will take us. As David puts it, today's AI is just a 10-year-old child and a 10-year-old has yet to become CEO of a company. What could it be capable of in 30 years? Perhaps the most important question then is this. What if we don't keep thinking carefully about what AI could be capable of? What if we don't keep up and regulate accordingly? You have been listening to the What If podcast, brought to you by the CIPD's Work magazine. To find out more about how the CIPD is dedicated to better work and working lives, visit cipd.co.uk. And don't forget to check out the rest of the What If series from your podcast provider or the peoplemanagement.co.uk website.